honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Logan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to be back on air once again with you today. want to apologize for the strange happenings with the, uh, the show on iTunes last week. I still don't know what the hell happened and Dylan the executive producer of the sportsstuff.com doesn't know what happened uh so basically the show length doubled which you may have saw it kind of did a mirror effect uh Hank McCoy of the courtside podcast first notified me the next day I'm like wait what why you're like why is your show over two hours what happened here and, and it seemed to be real choppy I'm like what so it seemed to kind of repeat every I don't know if it was every minute or 30 seconds or something like that but it literally mirrored the show doubled it and it was obnoxious to listen to. I deeply apologize to everybody for that. I, to this day, do not know what happened. I, I really don't know. Uh, it worked on Double Twist devices perfectly. Double Twist, uh, that, that's an app, of course. Um, this show is available on Stitcher, iTunes, Double Twist, all the above. It didn't even get on Stitcher at all. And to make matters worse, the same thing happened with Brave the Wild and Purple Mafia last week. I'm hoping and praying to God that it did not happen, that is not happening right now to this show again. I ran a little test thing, a little cool little song from the Intellivisionaries podcast. A guy made a really nice uh, version of the song, The First Noel. I put it on the Showtime and Timberwolves uh, feed to see what would happen, and it came up normal. So, I don't know, it was just a test thing, so hopefully that means whatever was wrong is better. I don't know. Um, sorry for getting into that, but <laughs> I think you might want to know, for those of you who are wondering, what the heck was that last week? I tried, I uploaded the show about four or five times, and it came up the exact same way. So again, 100% apologies from me and sportsstuff.com and all the above. I don't know what happened. And uh, iTunes, I don't know, they just give you a a generalized email, uh, that type of thing. So I'll have to get in contact with them again more directly if this happens again. So we'll see. So let's get into the games. The Wolves played three games this last week, went one and two. That's right, one and two. Uh, that's what I expected, but let's just say the wins and losses were flip-flopped a bit. I thought the Wolves were going to beat the Detroit Pistons, but remember last year on New Year's Eve, the Detroit Pistons pounded the Timberwolves into submission, hitting a, a quadrillion three-pointers. Most people don't think Detroit's a good offensive team, but, well, we saw it last year, and we also saw Drummond get a 22-22 and 22 game. I had a feeling he's a 20-20 he's a threat every single time. Yeah, it drives you absolutely nuts. This was Friday, December the 9th. That's right. Um, man, this this was not good. Uh, 117-90, to 90, if I didn't mention the score yet. Detroit just crushed the Wolves. It was a fairly close game leading into the half. It was, what, a six-point game getting into halftime. The Wolves were not scoring, and Detroit was. And then the second half, Detroit scored 68 points. The Wolves managed only 53. Just crushed the Wolves at the end of the day. One, just You just look at that score, 117-90. to 90. I mean... Wow, it was awful. Complete lackluster. Carl uh, Anthony Towns was okay in the game. Not bad at all. He only attempted two threes, which I appreciated. Oh, unfortunately, he missed them both. There wasn't really much of a sense of, uh, sense of urgency from this team coming out of the gate. Uh, Chris Dunn was good for the most part. He shot poorly from the outside. That's the complaint to date, that he can't make a shot from the outside. Not not really, not yet. Uh Yuck, this was a lousy game. Uh, okay, yeah, Rubio hit 4 of 5, and then he called his teammates out after the game. Um, me and uh, Hank McCoy talked about this on the Courtside Podcast. There's a there's a recent Courtside Podcast. I forget if it's episode 258, I do believe, on there. Uh, of course, you'll see my name, Courtside Podcast. Look that up on iTunes. It was just me and Hank, no Vince Germano, so I missed him a bit. The last time I was on air with Vince Germano was State of the Timberwolves 2015. Got to get him on here once again one of these days. Um... That was a great show. Do check it out. And of course, check it out in general, too. It's a free one, by the way. So, But I do encourage you to subscribe to the year podcast, uh, the yearly deal, yearly uh, subscription for only 20 bucks a year to get all the premium shows as well. Um, but we talked about this. Pardon me. To get to the point is Ricky Rubio called out his teammates, called them heartless, all that. Uh, you know what, Ricky? <laughs> I know those of you out there on the Flips Army, which I really like, great... Uh, 
Facebook page. Sorry for plugging so much, but yeah, the Facebook page. I'll talk about it in the third segment, too, uh, just to get to the point. But um, I know a lot of you love Ricky Rubio, and he has a lot of critics as well. But if you want to be fair and balanced and honest about this, Ricky Rubio, I, I haven't seen it from him all season. And th- this was one of his better games. I'm like, oh, I guess he gives him the right to stay it now because he shot 4 of 5 from the floor. Woohoo, 10.6 rebounds. Yay. That's not bad. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> it's an efficient game. But, yeah, um, really, dude, you know, it's one of those situations where you just look the other way if you're one of his teammates. You just look the other way. And I'm the kind of guy that believes in eye contact and, and, and uh, having a respectful conversation with somebody. But when someone playing the way Rubio has this season talks that way, I, you know, I, I, I take exception to it. Not offense, but I take exception to it. I'm like, all right, you SOB, I'll show you. He'll kick his ass in practice. And then I'll really kick ass in the game. Sure, that might motivate me, but at the same time, I'll be ticked off about it. Like, really, man? Uh, though, to be quite honest, I haven't seen a whole lot of heart from the from the Timberwolves in general this season. Um, on, on occasion, you see Wiggins really pick it up in in great and big moments late in games. This was not one of them. Six of sixteen from the floor. He was awful. Um, the point guard play I thought outplayed just about everybody else in this game. I mean, Zach Levine looked completely. I mean, really, 35 minutes, only 6 to 12, just not aggressive, just timid, didn't seem to care, made some nice passes, turned the ball over. Carl Anthony Towns, five turnovers in the game, and you know he's trying. He had a double-double and all that, uh, 14 and 12 to be exact. Uh, But you know he's trying, but he's really gotten so sloppy. Um, Sure, he was efficient in field goal percentage, but overall sloppy performance. I don't even want to continue in this game all that much. Uh, Detroit, 14 of 29 from outside. I mean, just no effort guarding the perimeter. Perimeter defense. I mean, Tobias Tobias Harris, pardon me, I'm getting him mixed up with Marcus Morris. The uh, lesser of the two Morrises, in my opinion. Slightly lesser. (laughs) He had half of his threes. Detroit, again, about 50% from the outside. Like, wow, just pounded the crap out of the Wolves. Ish Smith made both of his. And and he's a nice little backup. And, of course, Reggie Jackson (laughs) is back. It wasn't his best game, but he hit but he hit key shots along the way to kind of get the momentum on Detroit's side, which it remained the entire game. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I saw Reggie Jackson back, I was like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah, here, here comes a loss. I, I was picking the Wolves to beat them with Reggie Jackson out, take advantage. But the Wolves do not match up well with this Detroit team. About four years ago, the Wolves matched up great with Detroit. Of course, Detroit wasn't very good either, but still. I mean, it was a nice matchup. The Wolves always beat them. Now... It's quite the opposite, my friends. Quite the opposite. Because they can actually make three-pointers now. Stan Van Gundy doing a fantastic job with that. Kind of getting a more modern offense. And of course, Tom Thibodeau has turned the Wolves into more of a uh, three-point focused team. Uh, they didn't make hardly any in this one. Only 3 of 16 overall from the floor. Lousy in, in that sense. Brandon Rush made it, shot one, shot the ball once. He was pretty much just out there, just wandering around. That's all he was doing out there for 12 minutes. But then again, in a fourth quarter like that. What else are you going to do? He <laughs> even saw Jordan Hill play. I don't know why I'm even still talking about this. Let's move on. Bloody hell. That was terrible. <laughs> Bloody hell, right? Sunday, December the 11th. Pardon me, getting some messages. Come on, people. No messages during the show, right? Not that they knew I was doing one at this moment. 116-108, Golden State wins. The Wolves stayed in the game the entire way. Uh, and they led going into the fourth quarter. It was very, very fun. Golden State usually comes off to their little early lead, but then the Wolves just fought and fought and fought, and it was really nice. Uh, Levine, Towns, and Wiggins, 25 each, 25 each. Carl Anthony Towns, you could say, outshone the rest of them, though, overall. 25 and 18. Uh, awesome game for him. He only attempted three three-pointers. See, that's good. See, like, you can tell what I'm leading into. <laughs> Later on, Zach Levine, sharp from the outside, 5 and 9. Three point uh, from three point range. That is uh, overall though a fun game. It was mostly the big three. The bench did hardly anything. Chris Dunn was even pretty. He, he was okay when he was out there. He played solid defense. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad again wild, awkward as always. Uh, he didn't get a whole much else from anyone um, off the bench. To be quite honest, Brandon Rush again twelve minutes and did absolutely nothing. Like well, I, I guess he did get four rebounds in the game. I barely noticed it. That's actually hard to believe. But uh, the starters pretty much played the entire, played most of the game, we'll say, and they were major factors in this one. Nice, uh, nice game. Uh, Gorgie Zhang, strong defensively, a couple of blocks in the game, really key moments. They were so exciting, and a couple of steals as well. Wiggins was really sharp in this one. 
I just wish he was more aggressive, but at least he did get to the, at least he attempted 10 free throws, missing three of them, unfortunately. Uh, the Wolves got more physical, got more aggressive, and they stayed in this one. And then, starting out the fourth quarter, it was just like, oh man. It was just like the little trap door, you know, like, you know, in like Looney Tunes. Like, da 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 and then, boom! You just fall right down the trap door. That's basically what happened. The minute, the second I saw the son of a biscuit, Clay Thompson, with the old catch and shoot, the catch and shoot, that guy, he is the best catch and shoot player in the league, without a doubt, and I am going to go as far. Can I, can I make this crazy statement? And I, you know, because I make comments sometimes, I, I, I make big takes. I remember James kind of called you out a little bit, but he was having fun about me calling Toronto the best backcourt in the NBA. Okay, Golden State is the best backcourt in the NBA, and Toronto is the second best. Does that sound better? But here's a new one. Clay Thompson is the best shooter in the NBA. What do you think of that? Let's just say at least he's the most textbook shooter in the NBA because he doesn't have to move around with the ball. He doesn't have to dribble and pound the ball. <laughs> Steph Curry, you know what Steph Curry is? Steph Curry is literally the type of guy that if he wasn't if he wasn't a good shooter, everybody would hate him because he's constantly forcing up crazy shots. Now, he didn't do so much in this game. He only attempted 13 <laughs> Clay Thompson shot a lot more than Curry in this one. Way more, in fact. About double. But I'm just saying. Um, Curry's the kind of guy, you know, he jacks up shots, dribbles around too much, and then jacks up shots. But his actually freaking go in, which drives me nuts. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. Where Clay Thompson is textbook. He moves around without the ball. Catch and shoot. 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 Like as they say, like like like, like a cannon, as they say. They call people a cannon sometimes. Uh, he, he's the best in the league at it. And the minute I saw that frickin' catch-and-shoot after he'd been bricking most of the way, uh, the Warriors were struggling like they always do for, for a while with us. It's like they, they lull us to sleep, bricking shots, not not as sharp as they'd like to be. And then all of a sudden, boom, he hits the catch-and-shoot, puts the Warriors within five as the Wolves had an eight-point lead going into the fourth. And it's like, here we go. You, you just knew, and guess what happened? The rest of the way, it was all Warriors, baby. That's right, all Warriors. 38-20 to 20 in that fourth quarter. Just a devastating defeat after beating up the Warriors pretty bad. Kevin Durant sucks. Okay, no, he sucked in this game. He was clanging everything. He was forcing up shots. They're falling, bouncing up the front of the rim. All that good stuff. I loved the hell out of it. 6-21 from the floor. He was more Westbrook-like, like shooting too much, right? <laughs> Just taking some wild shots, and they were all missing, and it was nice. He was missing all those mid-rangers as well, which weren't bad shots. They just missed. That type of thing. But then the fourth quarter, again, 38-20. to 20. It was just all Warriors. And then Curry, the cocky son of a bitch. I, I can't stand the guy. Oh, how can you like Steph Curry? Please tell me out there. With the goofy shot attempts, yeah, they go in, half of them, which drives me nuts. But the cockiness, oh. You know, I, I know people like swagger and all that. I've never been a fan of swagger. Never, to be quite honest. Yeah, call me a fuddy-duddy. Call me a dork. I, I don't know. It's just not my thing. Clay Thompson doesn't do that, does he? And he's as, he's as young as Curry. In fact, he's actually he's actually younger than Curry by a year or two. He's a young guy. He doesn't do any of that. He just catches and shoots. So if I were to pick a out of those two guys, I like Clay more, and I do think he is the best shooter in the league. At least at minimum, the most text shooter. He, he's the best textbook shooter in the league, without a doubt. He's the next Ray Allen, man. Um, without a doubt, Curry is a wild shooter, but of course they go in. Though unfortunately, it can catch up to him. Stuff like that. Sometimes your magic wand runs out of magic points. You know, for those of you RPGers out there. Steph Curry's ran, ran out of magic points last June. And, and and it happens on occasion. He ran out of magic points against the Wolves back in April. Stuff like that. Where Clay Thompson, he just plays the game, man. He just plays the game. So I, I appreciate what he brings. He had a 60-point game. What did he dribble the ball? 11, uh, was it like was it like 11 times or something the whole game? The 60 points? I mean, that's just nuts. Sometimes, you know, if you're good away from the ball, it's pretty cool. And I understand he's an off guard, off versus off versus you know point guard, where you're constantly the, the guy with the ball. So it just is what it is in that sense. Um, but man, what a frustrating, frustrating finish after a very, very, very fun game. I appreciate the effort in this one, and the Wolves did wake up after Rubio calling them out. Regardless if it was doing it in spite of him, like screw you, Ricky, or yeah, thank you, Ricky. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for being a leader, whatever it was. But. Nice response, we appreciate it, but awful finish. Awful. And we, we, we have to be honest about it. Wolves dropped a 6-18, and 18, the Warriors. The Warriors, after getting pounded by the Memphis Grizzlies. Very, <laughs> only a couple of days before, the day I was doing the show with uh, Hank McCoy. I believe it was last Saturday. 
Yes, last Saturday in the evening here, and of course morning there, uh, <laughs> the Grizzlies, man, uh, the Grizzlies pounded the crap out of Golden State, and then of course, unfortunately, we ended up taking the uh, we ended up taking the fall the next day in that fourth quarter. Curry just doing all this, just these cocky looks. I, I don't know, just it, it, it's the look in his face. I don't get mad at somebody for doing the little shh thing. I, it's not the best. It's not the best, but it, it happens. Ah, whatever. The Warriors win. Woo, we're happy for them. And that's what they do. They're, they're kind of like the Lakers back in the early 2000s where they kind of lull you to sleep and then they bury you in the fourth quarter. That's what championship caliber teams do. Luke Williams. Luke Williams out there. Shout out to him, of course. Big Warriors fan and a courtside faithful. And I, I think he listens to the show once in a while. Hopefully he's, he's on board today. And hopefully this isn't a screwed up show again like last time. <laughs> Tuesday, December the 13th, Minnesota heads into Chicago. Chicago. Yes, get on the subway and head to that United Center. I love those Chicago subways, man. Tom, Thomas, Tom Thibodeau heads home to Chicago. Well, not heads home, but you know, his former home for a short time for, well, for a, for a few years there for a while. That first quarter, not an indicator of what was to come. In fact, it was about as awful a first quarter as you'll ever see. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, now here's the thing. This is something I've been keeping inside of me for a, a while now. When was this? Tuesday. Gosh, that was three, four days ago already. Wow, because I always record on Fridays here with TE. At least I like to. Um, Carl, the, the whole game, I what the, the, the whole first quarter, and really most of the game, which is confusing me. It's like it's killing the identity of the big man. He was literally just standing out at the three-point line the whole time like Kevin Love or like a shooting guard, like a like Zach Levine maybe would do because he's out there playing shooting guard. He was he was just out on the perimeter, not cutting, not 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 going down low, not posting up, and the Wolves end <laughs> the third quarter trailing 38 to 22. I mean, it was just awful. It was just devastating. And the whole time you're seeing Carl on the outside, never posting up. I, I don't understand. And Carl did not have a good game. Overall, he got better along the way, and at least he rebounded. 6 of 21 from the floor, though. 1 of 8 from three-point range. Unacceptable! Carl, 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 Carl. Oh, man. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, if I was the coach, I, I, I wouldn't put up with that. Now, that might have been the strategy from Tom Thibodeau coming in, and I'm sure it was, because I'm sure Thibodeau would have given him hell. But what kind of strategy is that? He's your starting center. I mean, I understand we're in the age of stretch fours. We gotta be modern. But that's too much. I mean, are we seriously gonna extinct the, the power forward center in this league? Does it have to be completely wiped off the face of the earth? Can't the guy post up a little bit? It's not like he's leading the league in three-point percentage. He's not he's not a seven-foot Steph Curry here or a Clay Thompson. Come on. Post up. Post up for the love of God. Post up. I don't care what I don't I don't care how good of a defender Robin Lopez is. He did get four blocks in the game, and it uh, was devastating. It was frustrating, but <laughs> and some of them were kind of embarrassing for us. But for God's sakes, I, you know, Carl's bigger than Robin Lopez. Post up, please, please, post up. You don't have to post up the whole game, but once in a while. It was like forever. Carl was just out there on the three-bar line. It was like Kevin Love of the Ulster game. Okay, I, I'm open. Come on. Hey, hey, give me the ball. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord, pardon me. Pardon my French there. Rubio, very solid in the game. Best game of the year from Ricky Rubio. 10 assists, efficient from the field, got to the free throw line, and scored 11 points. But he was very efficient in the game. He protected the ball well. He was solid, and Chris Dunn's minutes greatly reduced because Rubio played extremely well. Uh, assist to turnover ratio, or should I say turnover to assist ratio for Dunn, 3-1. and one. And yes, turnover versus assist. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of a bummer. So we'll be fair and honest about that. Uh, again, it was mostly the starters in this one. Uh, Muhammad was all right, but other than that, it was the starters. I mean, including Rubio this time. We're done, actually. You could say was better than uh, Rubio uh, earlier. But in Chicago, well, in Chicago, it was kind of like they were about equal, actually. He was pretty good in Chicago. Dunn definitely has tailed off this week. Uh, Carl, man, Carl, what a, what a icky game. Icky game. Uh, Zach Levine hitting from the outside. Andrew Wiggins was strong in the game. He even added nine rebounds, which got a lot of people excited. Rubio, yeah, I mean, strong game, like I already mentioned. Five rebounds added to the list there. <clears throat> Gorgie hit a big three early in that second quarter, which helped things get going. The Wolves already were kind of starting a little bit of a run, thanks to Zach Levine and Andrew Wiggins. Uh, but Gorgie's three kind of really started to set the tone. Um, 
See, Gorgie, one of two. See, that's what Carl should be doing. Maybe one, maybe two or three three-pointers in the game. We'll take that. But this one of eight nonsense, oh, God. Come on. Stop imitating, uh, please stop imitating Rashad McCants. I, I hated that guy. Hated him. Um, Jimmy Butler, very strong in the game. Wiggins and Butler, though, you could say it was kind of offset. It was pretty close. I mean, 27 for Jimmy and 23 for Andrew. Jimmy shot much worse, and the Wolves' defense got much better. The Wolves' defense was kind of like the Tom Thibodeau Chicago Bulls' defense when he was there. because And it got much better after that awful first quarter. The Wolves never let the Bulls score 20 points in a quarter the rest of the way. at 18 in the second, 19 in the third, and 19 in the fourth. Very strong. Very cool to see a Tom Thibodeau defense begin, hopefully, to begin to build some type of a foundation. The foundation, you know, when you're building a big, giant stadium or a building, you kind of start the digging. You start establishing the foundation first. Well, we're finally starting to lay the foundation a little bit, possibly. At least this is a sign of it, an early sign of it. The stadium has got a long way to go. Once the stadium is built, then we got a legitimate, full-fledged defense, and hopefully the Timberwolves will be a competitor for many years to come, with Tom Thibodeau leading the way in the front office and, of course, as the head coach of this club, uh, with hopefully all the big three intact, but who knows what's going to (laughs) happen. Maybe the Wolves will go after Jimmy Butler in the offseason again. God only knows, um, but this was a very encouraging performance from a team that has been struggling so much. Uh, poor shot attempts, bad defense. The poor shot attempts from Carl in this one kind of, I don't know, it's like, Carl, Carl, you got to go back to what you were last year. You won Rookie of the Year for a reason. You know, I understand you want to add to your game, but don't overdo it, please, please. Then you lose your then you're going to lose your identity if you keep doing that. I don't want Chris Webber here, man. I don't, Antoine Walker, when he... When he stayed close to the basket, he was a really good player for the Celtics, but then he became trigger-happy, and he just stood at the three-point line, and everybody hated him. I don't think Carl's going to be that bad, but just saying, it's reducing what Carl Anthony Towns can be in this league. Be, you're, you know, you're David Robinson. David Robinson, man, was a superstar. Don't be, don't be Chris Webber, please. Uh, David Robinson is a lot better than Chris Webber. You know, would you rather be compared to David Robinson or Chris Webber? That, that's all I got to say about that. And if, you, if any of you raise your hand and say, Chris Weber, get out of my office. Out of here. You're fired right away. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, very nice to see a little bit of foundation being built, though. Yes, it's a little extreme to say that <laughs> after one game, but it's extremely encouraging to see something catching up. A little better defense. And yes, the Bulls started missing shots. That was their own problem at the same time. But the Wolves' defense improved. You saw a little bit better defense, and you also saw a team just more more laser-focused down the stretch. Uh, way to stick with it in a game that looked like it was about to really be just to, just to unravel. I mean, it was unraveling in that first quarter. It looked like another Detroit game again, 117-90. to 90. It looked like it was totally headed that way. And the Bulls end up only scoring 94 points after a 38-point first quarter. That is awesome. Great job by the Timberwolves down the stretch, hitting clutch shots, attacking the basket, and playing just just playing more intelligently and stronger defense. So nice to see a little tiny bit of that concrete got laid down after you dug that hole, that big hole. That's when Thibodeau came. Thibodeau came, pardon me, and the uh, Caterpillar started started their digging in that dirt there, that that dirt there in downtown Minneapolis there, just like they're doing and re uh, re uh, remodeling the Target Center at the same time, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm wandering all over the place. So let's get to the awards, shall we? Yes, let's get to the awards. <clears throat> the, you know, the Alpha Wolf Award, it's all over the place, isn't it, this week? Mm, you know? Carl had some, had a big game against Golden State. It was so good. And he was all over the place. I thought he was icky in the, in the Bulls game. Zach Levine, very good in the Bulls game. Icky, and very good against Golden State. Icky against Detroit, but not that bad. I think by default, well, I'm going to give it to two guys. Yeah, okay. I, I know it's dorky, but it's going to be uh, Zach Levine. But I think Gorgie, I'll give him an honorable mention. Zach Levine's going to get it. He he was more consistent. I mean, even in the game, he wasn't that good. He still shot 50%, 6-12 against Detroit uh, Pistons. So Zach Levine is going to be the winner for the Alpha Wolf Award for the week. Strong overall, again. I mean, adding six assists in this one. He had five assists against Golden State. Very strong week. Uh, even added six rebounds. Uh, I mean, and Andrew Wiggins, 
strong in this game as well. The nine rebounds and all that, and even added some assists. But Zach Levine's going to get it. I'm not giving it to Rubio, even though he played pretty well this week. This is probably his best week of the year. Nice to see him picking up a little bit after getting ripped on Timberwolves Explosion and probably many other uh, publications. Of course, Dan Barrero, not ripping him, but disappointed. Uh, Mackie and Judd, guys like that. Um, stuff like that. So you get the idea. Uh, the Johnny Flynn Memorial. Carl Anthony Towns. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. An honorable mention for it because of this awful game. I mean, awful. He was so good against the Warriors, so he's going to get an honorable mention for the Flynn. Mm. Where do I go with this one? Uh, I guess Cole Aldrich. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, the games that the Wolves played bad, kind of everybody did. And the games the Wolves played good, everybody played good, or they didn't really play so uh, Cole Aldrich kind of losing his identity a bit lately. And then again, not that he had much of one anyway. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Bielitsa, actually. Just invisible this week. You almost forgot he was out there. Nemanja Bielitsa will get the Johnny Flynn Memorial for the week. Because just he's just invisible. He wasn't, he, you know, you don't really notice him out there anymore. So there you go. Let's uh, take a quick break, come back, and preview three games right after this. <laughs> Carl, please post up. Go down low. Go down. Down. Down, Carl. Please, please go down low. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion Preview Segment. Segment number two, and of course, segment number three is fan interaction. We got three games to preview, so three and three today. The Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday, December the 17th, right after the snow blizzard, which we're looking forward to. I, I am. not Maybe not everybody else, but I am. <laughs> the Wolves host the Houston Rockets. Rut row. Uh, remember when playing the Rockets was, well, okay, the Wolves have never played that great against this team, really. Not really much, but they're actually kind of good again. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, coach. Coach Pringles, you know, who saw this coming? 19-7, and seven, Houston Rockets. James Harden, okay, 27.6, nothing new. Rebounds, almost 8 a game, what the hell? Uh, but the most alarming stat of all, 11.7 assists a game. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, 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 uh-huh, um, yeah, he's really changed, hasn't he? He had multiple 15 assist games this year. He uh, is playing. He's 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 a playmaker for the club now. They're having him bring the ball up and lead the offense completely. Not only as a scorer, but as everything else, I guess. Um, good on him. I mean, look look at him. They're 19 and seven. They're competitors in the in the Western Conference again. Two years ago, this was the number two seed in the West, if you could believe it. When the Warriors uh, had their 67 win season and route to a championship, the Rockets were the number two team in the West, and Dan Tony is kind of bringing them back in that direction again. Dwight Howard is long gone, and I'm sure they're happy about that. <laughs> Starting center Clint, Clint Capella. I don't know him really from. I don't really know him much from Adam and Eve, but he's doing a good job. He's averaging almost a double-double. He's kind of solid. That's what's important. He blocks some shots, about one and a half a game. Eight rebounds, 12 points, 25 minutes. Kind of limited role. And then Nene Hilario also in the uh, backup minutes. Still getting a significant role with the club and solid out there. Wow, and Eric Gordon's actually been healthy this year as well, which is nice, nice addition to this team. You, you, you know, you, you almost forgot about Eric Gordon. I mean, but he he's quietly averaging 17 points a game, and again, he's staying healthy. He's only started eight of the games overall, but strong overall run for the Rockets. Ryan Anderson adding that three-point threat that the, the Warriors are, or the Warriors, the, the Rockets have always had a three-point threat, but uh, Ryan Anderson really adding along the way. Trevor Ariza back in Houston again and having a very strong season. Really limiting Corey Brewer's minutes to only about 14 and a half a game. Kind of sad to see that all the way down to four points a game, but it is what it is. If you have a better player on the roster, you have a better player on the roster. It, it, it is what it is. Uh, James Harden, just wow. Um, the Rockets doing a hell of a job right now, and I don't have a whole lot of confidence going into this game. Um, the way this team, they, they score points, but they, they do a hell of a job at it as well. I mean, they're smart solid basketball. Maybe Mike D'Antoni's figured something out. I don't know. And of course, Vince Germano, I'm sure he doesn't want to hear that very much, but I mean, 19-7, and seven, it, 
whatever it is, it's working. So we'll give them some credit here. They're doing a hell of a job there. And they're not even in first place in their division, which is pretty funny. But, yeah, <laughs> because they're playing with the Spurs. So it is what it is there. Uh, number three team in the Western Conference, and a very strong one indeed. They'll be a nice, tough opponent for the Rockets, or excuse me, the Spurs possibly, in round number two, should things uh, set up that way. I don't think the Wolves will win this game. Um, the defense is going to have to be incredible. Uh, the Wolves have always struggled with James Harden in the past. Wiggins does get up for these Rockets games for whatever reason. Uh, he's he's gone at it with uh, Harden in the past, so I do expect Wiggins to be the best player in this one. You'd like to believe Carl could be, and I think he can. But I want Carl to be. Well, you get the idea. I think I've talked about it enough. But just yeah, <laughs> please go down low some a little more. You know, a little more focus in the paint, please, offensively. That that that's all. I've repeated that enough. Um, but Wiggins, I expect him to get in the upper 20s to low 30s in this one. But, of course, yeah, see if the Wolves will win, it'll be a big performance by Wiggins and then complimentary performance by the Gorg- by the Gorgie Jengs of the world. And, uh, of course, Zach and Carl. Uh, of course, but I-, I think Wiggins will be the main star in this one if the Wolves win. And if the Wolves lose, well, because James Harden went off for his usual like 30 and 15, which is basically what he's been doing this year. That would be the reason. You know, he's really tough to guard. And, you know, for a guy who plays... In slow motion, he just lulls you to sleep and then just swings right around you. And that's what he's done for years. I don't want to get into the past very much of that one. It's ridiculous. Phoenix Suns on Monday, December the 19th come to town. This should be a winnable game. Um, I I consider this one extremely winnable. Uh, Suns only 8-18. and They're as bad as us right now, record-wise. Record-wise, but I think the Wolves are better. Uh, the Suns' backcourt is awesome, but they need more than that in order to win <laughs> at a high level. It's nice to have a good backcourt, but it's kind of reminding me of the Portland Trailblazers back in like circa 2004 when you had Van Exel and Stoudemire. It's fun to watch and all that, but geez, I mean, you know, and they do have other pieces. Alex Lenz, a uh, sneaky shot blocker, though, of course, Zach Levine got around that. That was awesome. Very sneaky shot blocker is Alex Lenz across the way, and but he's still developing. He's still extremely young. Uh, well, yeah, Brandon Knight, Eric Bledsoe, very, very fun to watch. Devin Booker, dangerous from the outside and also an aggressive dunker. They're young, just like the Wolves. That's one of the reasons why they're not really winning yet. Uh, Tyson Chandler rebounds the hell out of the ball, and that's been going on for pretty much forever. He doesn't block shots anymore. He used to be a hell of a defensive player, but that seemed to have really eluded him now. Does does pick up the rebounds because he just stands under the basket. No, no, I'm just kidding. Well, basically, basically, he's not as fast as he used to be. Um, yeah, you have some decent big men, but they're, again, one is way too young and one is way too old. That's basically what's going on with that. Wolves should take advantage of this one. Wiggins, again, always plays well against the Phoenix Suns. I think Wiggins, again, I think he's going to have a very fun week, actually. Um, I think Wiggins is going to be the best player this whole week, honest to God, because he's played well against all these clubs in the past. His his past history has been very strong against these teams. Um, don't be well. Yeah, I, I think Wiggins again will be the main reason the Wolves win the game. And if the Wolves lose the game, it would be perimeter defense with Eric Bledsoe and Trey Brown, Brandon Knight scorching the nest from the outside. Phoenix has always been a good three point club, so that would be the reason the Wolves lose the game. But I don't think they do. By the way, I will backtrack Houston and, and the Wolves. I'm going to go with Houston Rockets. We're going to have the scoring down to 100, believe it or not. Rockets will only score 100, but they'll win the game 100 to 94. Wolves lose that one. Minnesota will beat the Phoenix Suns, though. Going to be a little bit, it's going to be a fun one for us. I'm going to go with 110, believe it or not. Uh, 110 to 100, I think the Wolves beat the Suns. And Andrew Wiggins is going to have a very strong game. He's always played good against this club. 33 points for Wiggins. I'm, I'm just throwing out a number. I, I I got a feeling about that one. He has always played good against them. Uh, the Wolves then head to Atlanta. December uh, Wednesday, December the 21st. The Wolves never win in Atlanta. Um, they did last year, which shocked the hell out of me. And it was really, really fun to watch. It was exciting. It was like our first win there in forever. I love the uniforms with the Atlanta Hawks. Love them. Um, one of the few modern uniforms that I just love. Because it's kind of harkening back to the old days, bringing back the right, the real colors of the Hawks again. You know, yellow, or excuse me, red and yellow and white. That's how the Hawks are supposed to look, like they did back in the day. I'm so glad they brought that back again. And, of course, it's very much modernized. It looks almost three-dimensional, and it's beautiful. Uh, Dwight Howard had been strong for a while, but and the Hawks were doing really well. Now they're below 500. Um, this should be a winnable game when you consider that. Uh, <laughs> but the Wolves never win there. It just seems like a weird matchup. 
if the Wolves win the game again, it's Wiggins again. I mean, he has always played good against the Hawks. Last year, he had 30-point games against them, 35-point games. I remember, though, I was when the Wolves beat them on the road last year. It was so awesome. Wiggins just took charge, and I got a feeling Wiggins will have another huge performance against the Hawks. I hope I'm right about this. I really do. But this time, I I don't know. I, if the if the Wolves win this, I'd be very happy. <laughs> it would be a nice sign. It would be a sign of progress for this club. Uh, I, you know, I am going to go with the win. I'm going to go with the win. This will be a surprise victory for the Wolves. And I think the Wolves are going to shut this team down too. Um, their offense is not that good. And I think this might be similar to the Chicago game. I, I think it's going to be something like that. Wolves will win 100 to 94. How about that? Just like that. Uh, I think Wiggins is going to go for 30-ish. Again, 28 to 33 range for Andrew Wiggins. Of course, you'll get some help from... It'll be interesting to see Carl and Dwight go at it again. It's been a while, been quite a while. I mean, I understand why sometimes you have Carl on the outside, take advantage of it. He's a mismatch out there. But you just don't want him to take too many... too many three-point shots. You don't want him to overdo it. You want him to kind of regain that David Robinson identity. I mean, even Robinson hit it a three once in a while, but it wasn't like, like half of his game, which has become uh, half of Carl's game, it seems like, at times. Uh, and also the mid-range shots, which aren't bad, but it's good to go. It's good to attack the rim more. I, I think Carl is at his best when he attacks the rim. That's when we beat the Warriors last year. You beat the Warriors, you have a good chance of winning the NBA championship. A very good chance of winning it all. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> so I mean the last two teams that beat the Warriors won the championship put it that way so you had see the Spurs beat the Warriors in 2014 and they won the championship and nobody beat the Warriors in 15 so they won and then the Cleveland Cavaliers obviously beat them in the final so they won so look at it that way <laughs> and if you can beat the Warriors with Carl driving to the basket, that that's extremely, you know, that, that that tells you something. That's his most dangerous weapon, I think. So I hope to see that more often. Um, I hope to see a strong performance by Carl Anthony Towns against the Atlanta Hawks. I'm hoping for it, though, but I do think Wiggins will lead the team in scoring, but Carl definitely is a huge factor if the Wolves are going to beat the Atlanta Hawks in this one. You need some down-low post game in what should be a lower-scoring game along the way, but though I do have the Wolves registering 100 points in the game because their offense is so good when it's when it's even slightly on. The Wolves' offense is very strong for the most part. So I'm going to have the Wolves win the game, believe it or not, 198. It's going to be right there. Or we'll even go... We're going to go 90... 96 to 94. It's going to be like down the stretch and the Wolves will win the game. It might go to overtime. In that case, it'll be like 102 to 100, something like that. 103 to 102. Really close performance. But I think the Wolves will etch this one out. And if they do, it will be Carl helping uh, Andrew Wiggins uh, with Andrew getting upper 20s, low 30s. And of course, Carl, maybe 20 to 25. Very strong performance inside, hitting big shots, drawing fouls, stuff like that. So... I expect a huge week from Andrew Wiggins coming up here because all three of these teams, Andrew has had a very good history against in the past. I'm going to be right about it, damn it, because I've been right about it every time. No, not every time, but I've been right. Well, when there are teams historically that Andrew has played well against, he always shows up again. So, I mean, Cleveland, Houston, Phoenix, Atlanta, he, he shows up for those for whatever reason, and, and it's awesome. Um, there's, there's others out there as well that we'll get back to when the time comes, but... Uh, Got a got a good feeling about this that the Wolves might go two and one. I think that Bulls game was a huge confidence booster for this team, and it's a crying shame we have to play the Houston Rockets next after a break like that. You get several days off and then have to play Houston. Oof! And if the Wolves win that one, whoa, whoa, we we just might have a four game win streak on our hands, just maybe. <laughs> but there it is. So thanks again. There we go. Let's wrap up segment number two. Wolves go two and one this week. Believe it or not. When a little confidence boost. We'll be back with some fan interaction right after this. back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Going to give a quick shout out to the Flips Army Facebook page. It's a really nice 
Timberwolves page run by Trevor Wicker and really appreciate him. I often post during the game threads on there. Sometimes I rant, sometimes I rave, you know, that type of thing. But I guess we all do that. Very nice page. I encourage you to go uh, join it. Trevor, nice enough to let me post uh, a link to Timberwolves Explosion every time I release the show. So I'm more than more than obliged to uh, give him a shout out and encourage you to join that page, which many of you have. Many of you have. So it's it's a good deal. Good deal for both sides. Let's open things up with uh, uh, from a couple of messages from Marcus the Forecaster that I wanted to get to a while ago. Of course, he was like the former and occasional co-host to this show. I wish he was a regular co-host, but then again, I mean, I, I'm just as good solo too. You know what I mean? I'm kind of more free, and yeah, it can be more free-flowing that way. Uh, this was a few weeks ago. I just kept forgetting to put it on here. Uh, what was I saying? I was saying... Uh, I was asking about what's going on with uh, Thibodeau. What are your personalities? Or what what are your feelings of it? Uh, wondering if the personalities are meshing or what's the deal. Marcus comes up with, uh, we just we just have way too many young guys. It's like trying to take class seriously with a substitute teacher. We need old guys around so there won't be any BS going around or going on. Marcus Solar Randolph would tell Wiggins to pass the bleeping ball, and after that he'd think twice before taking another bad shot. And I would add that to. Uh, Zach Levine on occasion. I think he's a bit crazy on occasion. He's been better, but still, that type of thing. Levine sometimes is a gunner as well. But yeah, Wiggins does take a lot of icky shots. Um, great. Uh, great to hear from Marcus the Forecaster. Hope to get uh, from uh, hope to get more from him in the future. And it'd be nice to have him on the show. Even just like an audio submission or something, too. Whew, even though that's probably not his thing. <laughs> Thank you for the retweets. Let's go to the Twitter, at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. Thank you so much for the retweets by Tanay and Vince. Tanay out of New Zealand, Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia, also a co-host of the Courtside Podcast. Again, can't encourage you enough to join that. Uh, they're on iTunes. Their free shows are on iTunes. And then all the shows, the free and the uh, uh, um uh, premium ones, after you do the 20-year thing, or $20, $20 a year, a subscription, they'll all be on uh, Podbean. So th- that's another app that's on both Apple and Android devices and Windows, I'm sure, as well. So uh, that's how you get on. Yeah, I believe Double Twist is also on Windows phones as well because Windows is still very much around out there. So, yes. Um, that's how you get... Uh, the, yeah, that's how you can get uh, the, the courtside podcast uh, through Podbean. You just go on there and then purchase the premium, and then you can have all of them. So there you go. Uh, Twitter, Tanae Brown says, It's killing me not watching, but was Cole Aldrich a major part in today's loss to the Pistons? 25 minutes, he hasn't earned that. He was not good, no. Uh, Cole Aldrich had a really rough week. I not not been impressed with him, but then again, he's one of those kind of guys, he's very limited, and I don't know why he went in the top 10 in the NBA draft in the past by the Rockets. I still, to this day, don't know what the hell they're doing there, they were doing with that one. Levi Brown says, just listened to the show for the first time, got through the, la- the, la- the three latest episodes, really good stuff. Thank you so much, Levi. That's cool. So now, so now we have a... Uh, uh, today's brother also listening. Thank you so much, Levi. And it's great to have you on board, and great to great to meet you and get to know you as well. Um, thank you very much, Levi. I, I'm, I'm I'm happy you enjoy it. He says I have to listen on Hipcast because Google Chrome says the Sportstuff.com may have malware. But um, there's also yeah, and yes, Hipcast works too, of course. If you want to do it through the the internet, the web, that's another way because that was correct too. The timing. So that's another way you could listen. If this show is having problems, which I'm saying it really late now, but if it's having problems, you can go on HipCast as well. Um, and I really hope this gets corrected. I, I really do. Um, and yeah, this whole stupid sports stuff, I, I, it's something to do with uh, GoDaddy. Uh, I think we're waiting for that contract to be up, and then we go to the, uh, we're going to go to a new website. It'll still be the sportsstuff.com. It'll still look exactly the same, but a new uh uh, web host, that's what it is. Pardon me. Um, so now it gets a little confusing with different, uh, huh. Oh, yeah. Canis Hoopus. Wow. Yep. That was a retweet. So, hmm. Canis Hoopus. Let's see this one. Today Brown says, Oh, my. Just looked at the T Wolf score. Bring it home, boys. <laughs> Get the W here, and it could spark something in the team. And unfortunately, the Wolves did not win that game. That was so fun. And yes, the defense wasn't, uh, wasn't good. It was another crappy third, uh, fourth quarter, yes. And the defense was not good, no. Warriors just hitting everything. It's like we forgot. We just kind of got scared or something. Uh, Tanae says, sounds like a lot of our problems are maturity-related. That is where we really miss KG. I think he helped Cat defensively. And I also mentioned that 
I was telling him uh, that I that he makes a very good point as that as Garnett as a player was finished, but he really did help with the teaching. And Tanay says Ulrich always seems to have a terrible, terrible play uh, to have a terrible plus minus play. J- uh, Jordan Hill, please, or <laughs> your cat or G. So one's always on C. Yep, on the center. He has also looked. Looked like a good Rubio game. Did he deserve the minutes? Duns were cut a wee bit. And yeah, they were. And Rubio has had a very strong week. Um, it's sad to see Dunn lose the minutes, but Rubio has played better, and Dunn eventually will get it, I, I do believe. Uh, kind of a back and forth here with Luke Cagewalker, which is also the uh, uh, Keelan King of the Rip City Bad Boys podcast out there. Uh, we had a kind of a back and forth. I was staying to the NBA players regarding the CBA. Stop complaining. You're making more money than any other sport. Take your money and shut up. That was my statement because I do get really tired of the complaining out there. It's just driving me nuts and it's turning me off actually as a fan of the league. It really is. And it's this has been going on for years now. Um, I don't like it. And I don't blame, you know, I, I don't blame people for being on the, the player's side because the owners, yes, uh, mismanage their money. But some of this, it's like, come on. It, it's... It's too much complaining. It really is. That's my opinion. Um, we're going to keep going uh, with K- with Tene. Uh, also says it's not like there's another league they can go to and make close to that money either. Yeah, I mean, the NHL makes way less. The NFL, NFL players, I think, have much more of a beep than NBA players. Seriously. They get hurt more, and their contracts could be just wiped out, could be wiped out, and, of course, their contracts usually aren't nearly as high. Unless, of course, you're a starting quarterback. Then you got a chance. Um, how did I say it? I responded back to... Damn it, where, where did it go? There's a long conversation between me and... Uh, so I, I can't really talk about all of it. I was kind of telling him... Damn it, it's not in there. I was telling him, very clever, nice try, not buying it. I was saying, yeah, because Luke, Cagewalk, Luke Cagewalker was saying my message to the NBA owners regarding the CBA. You're already rich without the players. You have no product. Stop crying poor, no lockouts. Um, they cried poor. Certain teams cried poor in 2011 because they were losing $20 million a year. And that's where the conversation kind of went funny. Back in 99, though, I think the contracts were getting ridiculous for the time. Getting silly. Um, Kevin Garnett signing for 125 back in 97. That was a mistake, and it hurt the Wolves. But then again, then again, this is where... <laughs> this is where Mr... Uh, Mr. Keelan King had a very, 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 very good point about that. Uh, how did he say it? Damn it, it was like right there, and I lost it. I have to go back. But he's basically all about managing money. Um, yes, teach your owners. Okay, it's not the responsibility of the players to manage the owner's money for them. If you can't not sign bad deals, you shouldn't be an owner. See, that's the thing. The Wolves, you know, it's almost like they were between a rock and a hard place with that Garnett contract. And yes, it was a bad deal, and I wish the Wolves could have managed that better. I wish Garnett and his agent could have been a little bit more human in that one too. $125 million, it strapped this franchise forever. And, of course, Garnett's contract wasn't the main problem necessarily when you had so many other silly contracts, $5 million a year to Troy Hudson, Hassel, and stuff. See, that's where the poor management comes in, and you're losing money because you're way over the cap, and you have all these bad contracts. So, very good point there. You put me in a box a little bit there. But at the same time... <laughs> At the same time, I, I think the players' grief is kind of silly too. I, at the end of the day, both sides were, were uh, both sides were wrong, and I understand he's saying no TV contract without the players; they deserve whatever slice they can legally negotiate for. Okay, um, yes. Oh, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. We kind of have a long conversation, but it was a good one. It was a good one. It started out like I felt kind of ticked off, and then it got way better. Um, and I wasn't mad at uh, I wasn't mad at Keelan at all. Just just frustrated that. I don't know. I don't just frustrated with the whole situation with players complaining. That's all it is. I was never mad at Keelan King. More annoyed at the players at the time. And that'll wrap up the Twitter account. Let's go to Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. And there were no posts from the in the recent uh, post there. Let's see. I talked about how issues going on. Nobody responded. There were issues going on with the show. Uh, visitor post. This might be over fairly quick here, depending on how things go. So a couple on Saturday. Yep, got a little busy there, so we'll go with this. Uh, Hank McKay, Hank McCoy of the Courtside Podcast says, totally agree with all the talk of Dunn being given more of a significant role on the team and Rubio being moved out. 
But here's my only concern. You gotta let a rookie be a rookie and not dump a massive workload on them. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's worth bringing a vet at the point guard spot to help transition Don into the starting role? All will that player contributing and helping the team. For my money, and in a deal that would work for both teams, I'd make a deal with the Suns for Brandon Knight. Ooh, you know, I didn't even get far in this, and uh, I wish I read this more. I'm really sorry, Hank. But at least I'm reading it now on the air, so I get to have more of a, like, a real reaction here. Brandon Knight. I think you could get a good four years out of him, and he's a guy who doesn't mind coming off the bench. That's the other thing, too, and I've... Oh, I love Brandon Knight. <laughs> I love Brandon Knight. Man, thoughts. I love it as long as the Suns aren't asking for way, way too much. As long as they're not asking for too much. Joe Phillips says, and he's also out of Australia. Hank is out of Sydney, Australia, which is like the New York of Australia. Okay, I've said Australia 60 times. (laughs) By now, the coach would have to feel... would have to have a feel for how done, let alone the team would react. Cat, Wiggins, and Levine know Rubio, and Rubio knows them. Personally, I would be giving more minutes to Dunn slowly, slowly. You want to strike the balance between healthy competition and skills migration. Hank says, agree. I'm just talking, getting a piece back for Rubio now that it, now that it's both going to help them and moving forward. For me, Brandon Knight fits the bill plus Rubio. Damn, why can't this just load everything? There we go. Fits the bill, plus Rubio can get a fresh start in Phoenix. I mean, I don't even feel sorry for Ricky at this stage. I thought his comments about leaving the team if they don't make the playoffs this year were absolute horseshit. This year, he just looks like a plain, uninterested on being on the court. He's uh, doing a great job, however, of diminishing his trade value. Yeah, oof. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was awesome, Hank. Uh, Joe Phillips says, Hank McCoy, yeah, I used to be a Rubio fan, but some of the things being attributed to Rubio have changed my perspective. Being out of the form, being out of form is one thing, but his decisions, his lack heart is the problem. That's funny about coming right back at Rubio. Yeah, I mean, that was a dumb statement by Ricky. I love Brandon Knight, Hank. I love him, and yes, he doesn't mind coming off the bench. Plus, the animosity between Rubio and management, I do believe, already, you know, the previous and current. Well, previous was fine with Flip, of course. But, yeah, the new management, who clearly does not see Ricky as the starting point guard of the future. Obviously, you wouldn't use a fifth overall pick on Chris Dunn if you thought Rubio was the, was the long-term starting point guard for this club. Um, and this bullshit about them playing together. Yeah, okay, for like 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, and teams that play two short guys, you, you're not going to win anything. That's why the uh, Warriors traded Monte Ellis away and drafted Clay Thompson. Boom! What what happened after that? Gee, you know, yeah. I'm not glad they won, but they won all right. <laughs> great thoughts, Joe Phillips and Hank McCoy. Great conversation. I love Brandon Knight. It kind of depends on what Phoenix wants in return for my, uh, you know, from my perspective, but yes, uh, you get the you get him out of here. He's not real happy. That type of thing. And Brandon, and I just love the guy. Um, just love him. Uh, Joe Phillips says fans were booing last game. Yeah, yeah, they were. Damn right they were. The Detroit game they played like horse poo, uh, according to ESPN. Uh, yep, here it is. According to ESPN, according to Ricky, the team lacks heart. This is actually quite disturbing for a young team with potential stars. What's going on? How? Is it the team gets worse, but Zach gets better? If you recall, Mitchell seemed to be giving Zach a hard time last year, and he responded. How is it we started winning games towards the end of the season and came into this season with such positivity and a new coach, yet play with no heart? Unexplained. Uh, It's a change that the players probably weren't as mentally prepared for as any of us would like, um, as I'm sure Coach Tom Thibodeau would like. They just, you know... They just, I guess they didn't realize what what, what, what was coming, um, to be quite honest. The lack of heart, I, I don't know. I don't understand other than, I guess, we can go with the youth thing. The youth thing. They're just young. They're just young. And eventually you get tired of hearing it. Uh, some young teams start off better than this one. I, I don't know. But that Chicago game was encouraging enough that I'm not as pissed off as I was. But the D, the Detroit game was horse, has, was horse poop. Uh, Golden State was good, but that fourth quarter was awful. Uh, the Bulls game, the first quarter was awful. 
So we left off, we, we picked up where we left off with the Warriors' fourth quarter, and then, boom, we kicked some major butt against the Bulls after that. So that was cool. And then Hank McCoy posts episode 258 where we talked about all kinds of cool stuff. We talked about Rubio, Thibodeau, and Dominique and Larry. Oh, Dominique Wilkins and Larry Vern. Man, what a nice matchup that was back in the good old days. Classic. Nothing better than the 1988 uh, 7th game Hawks and Celtics. Unfortunately for Dominique, it was in Boston Garden, Boston Garden, and of course, Nobody wins in Boston in Game 7. Nobody. Nobody beats the Celtics in the seventh game, regardless if it's in Boston. It's game over. Sunday afternoon's in Boston, just like the old days, and that's how it always was. So that's when the Celtics kept going to the seventh game in the uh, during the playoffs in 2008, which I enjoyed the hell of. It was like going back in time. Hank says, thanks again for joining me on such notice. Joey was great to cover those comments by Rubio after that Detroit game. Some great laugh-out-loud moments. Next time, we will have the trio together. Bringing Vinny, Vinrock, Germano on board. And I was saying, you know what, brother, it was my pleasure. And it really was. I, I love, I love the Courtside Podcast. Just love it. You know? And I didn't express that as much as I should have. You know, it's like I, it's like I locked up. I got kind of shy. I don't know why. Why the hell would I get shy when I'm on the air? And Hank had so many wonderful things to say about Timberwolves' explosion. And I have so many wonderful things to say about Courtside. It's like, it's the perfect basketball podcast. It, it really is. You add humor, but they stay on topic. They don't jump off talking about goofy personal stuff the whole show. Here and there for like 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 a, like a minute or two, but that's it. Like other shows, they just go on and on and on about personal crap. And it's that's not, that's not what people tuned in to listen to the show is talking about everybody's you know, everything going on in their life. That gets kind of silly. Uh, some, of my, some of the video game podcasts that I like, that's, I mean, it's like 50% of the show, and it's like, for God's sakes, just talk about the damn video game, the, the Nintendo game, basically, in that sense. Okay, let's move on. See, now I'm doing it. Joe Phillips says, that a boy. I was following this game on box score. It seems Wiggins and Cat did not start the game well, but yeah, oh, Cat drove me nuts. But they certainly ended it well. This team won on its play, not because Thibs' opponent's player in sight. Again, well done, team. Okay, I'll, I'll read that again because I think I read it wrong. This team won on its play, not because Thib has opponent's player in sight. Yeah, there we go. And I apologize. That's why I fixed it because I don't want to make it sound misinterpreted. It says, again, well done, team. And yes, thank you, Joe Phillips. Thank you very much for your inclusion on this show. Don't be afraid to call in sometime with the, uh, see, there's the call-in line. This is probably more for people in the United States, the phone number part, but the rest of it, you can, anybody can join that. Uh, just like Dave Martin out of Scotland joined <laughs> Purple Mafia. God, that was cool, man. Love that. Oh, man, it was the awesomest two minutes you'll ever hear on Purple Mafia. Um, so the, the call-in line is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Timberwolves Explosion. Leave your statement, shout-out, comment, question, whatever it is. The other ways to get on board, if you're unable to call that way, would be, of course, the Call Now button, which works through Facebook Messenger. The Call Now button right there on the Timberwolves Explosion page goes right into right into that the sportsstuff.com line as if you're calling locally uh, in the United States. And it's still a voicemail and all that. Treat it the exact same way. And then there's the audio submission route, which is perfectly welcome. Use your audio recorder on your smart device. Or you could even use an audio recorder on a computer, whatever it is. Keep it to a minute, like a minute to three. I'll even give you three whole minutes, you know, as long as you stay on topic for the most part. <laughs> Don't get too goofy. No drunk calls, right? <laughs> and then email it in to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will very, very quickly with that Zamar website convert it into an MP3, which literally takes 30 seconds, literally. And bada bing, bada boom, it's ready to get slid right into the uh, the show here, the show editor, which I don't edit your calls unless you absolutely need me to, like maybe you cough 55 times or something on it, but I don't edit your calls, I just slide it in there, right where it needs to be, and bada bing, bada boom, it's basically like a little jigsaw puzzle right here, that's what it is, just not nearly as complicated as a jigsaw puzzle can be though, thank you so much, uh, courtside, you are Timberwolves Explosion approved though, I think. Courtside approving Timberwolves Explosion is a is a bigger honor. It just means so much. Thank you so much, Hank and Vince. Rip City Bad Boys, thank you very much for uh, the conversation. Keelan King, if, you, if you're listening out there. Portland Trailblazers, Detroit Pistons podcast. Very funny, very cool, very knowledgeable. Uh, good conversation with Keelan King on Twitter. 
Very good conversation, if you're listening. I, I don't know if they listen anymore or not, but hopefully that'd be cool. Um, thanks again, everybody. Tanae, Joe Phillips, you guys are the best. I just love you. Vince Germano, of course, uh, as cool a guy as there is on the planet. Um, thank all of you very much. Miss you. The locally, Jeff Johnson, love you. You're so cool out there on the Facebook uh, on Flips Army. Um, Trevor Wickerin, I could just give shout-out after shout-out. <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, oh, uh, Lucas Quayle, yep, of course. Lucas Quayle out of South Dakota. Who could forget? Uh, one, of, one of the more classic Timberwolves Explosion followers. Nigel North, if you're still out there out of Australia. The first, he was, I believe, the first Aussie uh, that I got in contact years ago, about six, seven years ago. Timberwolves Explosion is an old show, man. Uh, old school. So I just want to give you all thank you very much. And please tell your friends about the show. Those of you out there that I don't know you by name, join the Facebook page, join the Twitter, get in contact, say hello, Levi Brown too, man, cool. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, tell your friends about the show, and please give a positive rating on iTunes if you could. I pray to God this one got uploaded correctly, or whatever it is. I pray to God there isn't still issues with iTunes. And if there is, oh, God help me. Mm. Well, we'll find out very soon, won't we, right? Or you already know by now. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.